0: I'm Dylan Stafford, and welcome to Drive Time, UCLA Anderson's podcast about some of the most interesting and ambitious people in our community. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. With me is Susan Francia, a recent graduate of the UCLA Anderson MBA experience Woo-hoo! here. Woo-hoo! Um, Susan currently is, uh, she drove up from San Diego today, thank you. Yep. I appreciate that. Her horse almost ran out yes. of pay. Yeah, <laughs> it
1: almost ran out of pay. Yes. <laughs>
0: yes. Uh, but she made it. Uh, we're here on a Saturday. So this is a special session. And I really appreciate your flexibility. Uh, Susan is, down there is working. Well, she has two things going. Um, she's a business development manager at TriLink Biotech. They're actually working on the coronavirus uh, vaccine right now. And this is a new role. She'll tell you about that. She also has her own um, entrepreneurial startup, Coach. Francia LLC, uh, where they do some really progressive team building. And you're going to hear about that. Um, one small backstory about Susan. Uh, she's a two-time Olympian gold medalist uh, yeah. from both Beijing in 2008 and London. 2000- and that, that warrants another woohoo! <laughs> that, that warrants another woohoo! And And as you will hear in her career, you know, after you win gold, uh, two different Olympics, two different continents, you know, the most important next step is to
1: Yep, gotta get that MBA get from the, UCLA. Get
0: thee to UCLA as quick as you can. So, um, I, it's it's been my, um, I've been waiting to have this interview for about a year and a half since you graduated. So I'm thrilled that we get to do this. So, um, so we're gonna cover a lot of good things, and you're gonna you're gonna get to meet a really special person in our in our constellation. So thank you for being here, Susan. Yeah,
1: thank you for having me. All right,
0: so let's tell people before all the cool stuff. You know, where'd you grow up? Tell us about you know the kind of the start of your life journey.
1: Yeah, so actually a lot of people don't know that even though, so I represented the U.S. at the Olympics, um, but actually I was born in Hungary. You were born in Hungary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, both my parents are Hungarian and Uh my mom came over, uh, she was a Ph.D. um, in molecular biology and she came over to work in academia. And so my dad and I, we came over with her so yeah so how, got, how old
0: were you when you came Do you,
1: um i was about two and a half okay three so years old yeah so i don't really remember um where, but,
0: did, where did you all start out
1: so we actually started in philadelphia okay yeah but actually so one of the kind of crazy things was this was the time of the iron curtain mm-hmm. and you couldn't really leave uh the country they didn't really want people moving away and so you couldn't take out foreign currency that was over a certain limit. But, if, you know, my, my mom was coming over on this visa and it was supposed to be like six months to a year, maybe longer. And so we had to ask all of our like, family and relatives to take cash out, U.S. dollars. But again, you couldn't have it on you. So actually, um, they sewed it into my teddy bear. Oh my goodness! I came over with on the airplane. It was our first time ever on an airplane, and my parents are like moving to the U.S., so it was pretty wild. Yeah, so they were always like, "Okay, where's the kid? Where's the teddy bear?" You know, it's our life (laughs) savings is in this bear. So, yeah. So you know, I do have to say, I have lived the American dream. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow.
0: That's so cool. And now, are your parents retired now, or it...
1: no? So my mom, um, she works at a biotech.
0: Okay, oh, in a similar, okay. So it's in, the, it in runs a similar
1: the... field, yeah. So it's it's pretty it's pretty cool that I we get to work in a similar field. She's you know, much more knowledgeable, and she has the the science background. i I have the business background. Um, but it's neat that we're kind of in the same industry.
0: That is so great. That is so great. This yeah. is what I love about America. Yeah, I get into walls and bridges, but I'm a I'm a bridge fan more than a wall <laughs> fan because um, when you know, when amazing people from around the world come here, it seems like it's a good thing. Yeah, so,
1: it, it is it amazing. You know, funny enough, the Hungarian president uh, was in the U.S. doing a tour and he said to me after I had already won, he said, you know, actually, if you come to Hungary and you win a medal for us because you are. Two, so I'm a dual citizen. OK, he said, you know, if if you win for Hungary, you get two hundred fifty thousand dollars, not twenty five thousand dollars. And I said, thank you. I appreciate that. But this is where, you know, I fought with my team, you know, fought together with my team and my coaches in the U.S. And this is where I learned the sports. So, OK, so thank I'm, you for I'm, the offer. I'm happy to represent the U.S., so. Oh, that's, yeah,
0: that's, wow. And it's good to have options. So, you know, dual <laughs> yeah. citizenship, hey, it's good to have options. Now you went to University of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. How did, how did you choose that school? What'd you, what'd you major?
1: Well, so my mom was working there. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Okay. So good. she, um, yeah, so she was on the faculty at Penn. And um, so she, well, I had a discounted tuition. Oh, very good. And so she said, you better get in. <laughs> I was like, okay, mom, I'm on it. Okay. Um, And actually at that time, so. I'm tall. You guys can't really tell at home because She's I'm tall. six two um, and I was six two in ninth grade. In ninth grade. In ninth grade, I was this height. Um, wow. But, you that's know, when the
0: boys are still.
1: Oh, my one. gosh. I just I was so much taller than everyone. I just wanted to fit in. But that's OK. I'm, I'm in the end. It worked out. Okay. But, um, yeah, in high school, I got one athletic award. I tried all different sports. But um, the one athletic award I received was most spirited. Nice. That was the only award I got. <laughs> I know. I got one. So you know, I was like, okay, I need to focus on academics, okay. and so I just I went to Penn solely on on, on academics, and um, but I, I loved it there. What and, What did you major in? Um, I ended up majoring in sociology of law, and then my senior year, I had submatriculated into a master's program. Okay. And so I got my master's, my MS in criminology.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. Right. Things you didn't even know. Things I did not know. If you put that in your admission <laughs> essay, I, my small brain mine has, would have been blown. Mind blown. Um, excellent. So now, when did when did athletics start? How did that start? Yeah. So actually, because you you didn't row because your, no, your medals I, are in rowing. So. My medals
1: are in rowing. Um, I didn't row in high school, and my freshman year of college, I didn't do any athletics. Okay. And I realized that kind of. Um, academic sport balance was really missing and I was missing structure. And um, my grades actually were pretty bad hmm. my first year. And Yeah, that kind of freshman yeah. loss. Yeah, and my parents said, listen, we're not paying for this school <laughs> for you to go and screw around, so figure it out. And I literally just looked through a book and I was like, okay, what can I sign up for? And I was like, okay, rowing. I heard, I heard that's a tall person sport. Maybe it'll work out for me. And I started and I just fell in love with it. It was so amazing being out so close to the water and just, I was propelling like the boat through the water and I was with my friends and you could see the the Philadelphia skyline. What what water do you
0: row on in Philadelphia?
1: It's the Schuylkill River. The Schuylkill River. Okay. And there's a big history for rowing out Mm. in Philadelphia. So it's just really kind of magical to be a part of that. And I just and i really fell in love with it um and then of course there's the the hard aspect of it of like okay you're pushing yourself you're in pain you know and <laughs> there's a lot of lactic acid burning but also like wow you're going so fast and you know you can win races if you just push yourself a little harder and i really i'm a very competitive person
0: okay good
1: and I just fell in love with this this whole idea, and just even like the feeling of being out there and moving together with seven other people. It just, it really is. It it's magic. No, oh, that's
0: now as so. So your sophomore year, you started, mm-hmm. and then you train. You were on a team all three years. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yep. So I was on the Penn varsity team, and my senior year. So I was working my masters and you trying to graduate in in the four years with Mm -hmm. everything. Um, And so I thought, okay, well, I had gotten a job offer and I also was considering working at the FBI. That was really where, yeah, that's where I was kind of gearing. But my coach said, you know, you could go to the Olympics. And I said, okay, you know what? This is, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to go see if I can be the best in the world at something. At something, yeah. At something, um, so my parents were a little surprised because, you know, they, were, they had been encouraging the whole time, but
0: when well, mom's you know, a PhD or were they, were they yeah. athletes?
1: Yeah. They're, they're, oh, um, they were They're okay. tall
0: and athletic. Oh, so they're smart. They're yeah. okay, smart and athletic. Okay, good. <laughs> and good looking.
1: And good looking. You're welcome. Mom <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so they were really supportive. Um, but they, they were a little bit like, you know, are you sure you're, you're the most spirited? You're not the MVP. <laughs> So um, I I started on the the U.S. team and there everyone was my height. It was mm-hmm. no longer really this big advantage, um, but I just loved it and I just loved getting up every day and all right, what what how you know how can I push myself today and what what am I capable of today and just kind of it's small steps you know and it's a grind mm-hmm. you know a lot of people they just see oh the Olympics on the TV once every four years but. It's that every day. Like, that, how many
0: hours a week is is the training regimen? Well, as, as,
1: as you got, seri- well, I guess if you're
0: varsity at Penn, that was already yeah. Varsity at Penn
1: serious. was to a point. That's okay. like three, three, four hours um, a but day. A day, three, four hours a day while you're yeah. a full time. college uh, Maybe student. three. We'll say three. Okay. Um, but then when it's your full time, then it's. About six hours, and then around the six hours of training, where it's like three trainings, two or three training sessions a day, you're doing everything to recover. Mm-hmm. So it sounds really fun. Like, Oh man, you ate five thousand <laughs> calories today. That sounds awesome. But after a while, <laughs> you get tired of just constantly eating, and it's like my dad would call me, "Oh, how are things?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, I just woke up from my nap." And he's like, "Oh man, what a life." <laughs> enjoy those naps in the real world there are no there's no nap time there's no (laughs)
0: napping in baseball yes oh
1: my but um but it was really great and you know um leading up to that first olympics was just an incredible experience because it was so competitive to even get to the boat Mm -hmm. and our coach did a very good job of making a lot of internal competition but also making us feel like we needed each other. So it wasn't.
0: How many people are on the boat?
1: So there are eight of us in the boat. And uh, they're at that point by the closer to the Olympics, about 20 some, 20 of us kind of fighting for those eight spots. Wow. So it had been kind of weighted down to the eight. And um, and even just that month leading up to the selection date uh, was hell. Mm-hmm because That's we were just be. constantly racing and at this point you're just reflecting like oh my gosh this is four years that i put into this like i and this is what it comes down to this last race so there's so much pressure um and honestly i'm so grateful that our coach put us through that because then when we got to the starting line of the olympics it was like oh i just have to do one race and okay. i got my teammates you know they got my back and we know exactly, you know, how to go get into this. And we're excited to race.
0: Who was who was the country you were most worried about?
1: Um, Probably Romania. Okay. They had won the previous, uh, I think it was like 16 years. The Olympics, the previous 16 years. Wow. The last four Olympics. They were the. Yeah. OK, so they were the team and the US had never won.
0: Oh, I forgot that part.
1: Yeah. Oh, and then we came away with. the OK, gold. I haven't oh. seen this yet. <laughs> <Ta-da>. <laughs> oh my god and can i touch it yeah please wow oh it's heavy i know oh well you know and you'll know that kobe bryant also held this medal no way yeah so um at the the day after we won i was hanging out at the um Uh, in the Athlete Village. Mm -hmm. So this is 2008 in Beijing. And I ended up meeting Dwight Howard. And this was super cool. So I didn't really know who he was, but everyone has to wear a name tag, so it was perfect. So (laughs) I was like, oh, you know, I was like, oh, he's on the NBA. He's talking about playing in their game um, that day against Spain or someone. And so I was like, oh, guess what? I'm a rower, like, and I just won. He's like, no way. So Dwight Howard had put the medal around his neck, which is like a huge faux pas. Oh, you're not supposed to do that. If you're still competing, you don't put someone else's medal around your neck. Because it's like, could be bad luck, you know? Oh, okay, 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 okay. All right. So Dwight Howard puts the medal around his neck, and, and he's looking at it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. He's admiring it. And out of the darkness, like literally it was nighttime, and Kobe Bryant walked up. And he just sees Dwight holding the medal. And he's like, oh, hey, man, like, where'd you get that from? And I was like, oh, hi, it's mine. <laughs> oh, like sheepishly. Aww, and, uh, that's sweet. and so Kobe was like, oh, hey, who are you? And I'm like, hi, I'm Susan. <laughs> and Kobe is like, oh, hey, I'm Kobe. And I was like, I know. <laughs> I, I, I think I've seen and you on TV. it was just so cool for you know this moment where both of them are looking at my medal mm-hmm. and you know these guys you know they get paid millions and they're you know so you know global superstars and at the end of the day they're going for the same goal that i am Aww. and it was just such a, a cool feeling to have those guys like admiring you know this gold and asking me about my sport and wanting to know more about training and it was a really cool moment it really made me realize like what an impact this has not just on myself but on others Mm -hmm. um and so that's why i'm trying to you know of course i'm trying to go my course and career and stuff but i think it's really important to to share this with people
0: well, and, and I saw so we're in we're in February of 2020. So Los Angeles is still grieving. Yeah. And uh, I grew up in Texas. And, you know, I, I I mean, I thought everybody knew Kobe, but I didn't realize if you are if you've lived in Los Angeles for the last 25 years, you literally watched him arrive and you watched him do everything he did. I mean, people there are people who I would have assumed would have been touched by Kobe. Mm-hmm. And then there are all these people who are just touched by the passing of Kobe that once they tell me why I had no idea how connected his life story is to the story of this entire city up, down, left, right, yep. north, south, east, west. It's, um, it's really, it's, it's really been, a, the loss of, of a part of the heart of the place. It's, yeah. And I saw your post on, on LinkedIn where you shared the picture of mm-hmm. you and Dwight where it's the only picture I've ever seen where you don't look tall <laughs> <laughs> guys make look like a shrimp. You look like a little know, five foot two person there. Um, um, but you don't realize how tall NBA yeah, athletes guys actually are. are. Yeah.
1: Um, and actually, I think Kobe also really helped me realize, you know, just how I want to, how I want to be. So when someone at the grocery store, and believe me, people ask me all the time, Oh my gosh, are you an athlete? Like, oh, what do you do? And he is just the way he always embodied... Like sport and also representing basketball and the US and the Lakers, I just always really am admired how he would just engage with everyone mm-hmm. and just so humble. And so I was like, okay, even if I'm really tired or annoyed or whatever, and someone's just told me for the fifth time how tall I am, like, yes. <laughs> I've you know, known I'm this since ninth grade. Ninth grade. I know. It's I not just, news to me. <laughs> I just have to put on a smile and say, you know yeah thank you actually i i do rowing and i you know i had the opportunity to represent the u.s and and you know that means something and and even just how you know i, I realize now that i i represent the u.s and i represent you know how maybe someone will perceive olympic athletes so mm-hmm. so that was kind of a, a cool lesson that i learned from those guys um also a bit of fun olympic trivia mm. Um, this is that's my right other medal from London. I continue what's on. It like?
0: So what was it like to go again? <laughs> you know, like, I mean, because there's the first time of anything is, the first, is so focused. It
1: is. And, and it's then how actually, do you maintain? It's almost easier to go for a first. So okay. people like Michael Phelps, I have a true admiration for going like back to back to back. Mm-hmm. Because it's one thing to like go once and be like, okay, I'm just dreaming about what that's like. But then when you do it and then the ups and downs after where your expectations have now changed, you just Mm -hmm. think to yourself, oh, well, I'm an Olympic champion. Like, oh, why can't I do this? Why are these people beating me? You know, like my teammates, why are my teammates all of a sudden beating me in races? Um, And so going back for London was was tough Um, also because you a little bit forget how hard it is to to get to that first one, you're like, oh, that was fun. And then it's You like, just have oh, the good memories yeah, without the yeah, yeah, six hours like, a day oh. for four and years. And even the selection, again, it was back to the same selection. And like you just, didn't get like,
0: any points for having been there.
1: No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Coach Tom. <laughs> um, but also, I knew that it was worth it. Mm-hmm. And just even being on that world stage, there's nothing like it.
0: Do you know... So was it the same eight person team in London? It was. I'm sorry, the same number of people. Yep, is not the question. The question I want to ask: How many people were? How many people rowed again, and how many people were new?
1: It was a very similar boat. Oh, okay. So, which is great because um, trust is such a huge element in rowing, and knowing that I had been to one Olympics with most of these ladies. And just going into London, it was like, okay, I know how they're going to react and deal with the pressure. And I I love that these guys have my back.
0: And you guys. okay, let me let me ask it. I'm not going to assume. Are you still friends today?
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. When you go through all of that, there's Mm -hmm. uh, those are lifelong Practically blood <laughs> relationships, yeah. you know? Because you've shared something that. Yeah. And even just the highs and lows, like the few people understand really what we went through. And so it's great to have those relationships.
0: And yep. who was the team to beat in London? Was it in London? Again? It was Canada. It was Canada. Yeah. That, and that one was a pretty close. Finish.
1: But also it was it had been. But um, the other crazy thing was so after we won Beijing, it was like, all right, we were on a roll and like we couldn't stop waiting. Now, instead of being the underdogs like we were in Beijing, we were the targets.
0: Everybody's aiming at you.
1: Yeah. And that was also a fun kind of a, a different um, mindset of mm-hmm. like, okay, People are coming for us. Hey, walk a little bit taller and have that confidence. Like, OK, yeah, come after me. You can't touch me. I'm, I'm going to win. Mm. OK,
0: so they're probably out there going, ask her this. You know, <laughs> um, I'm so starstruck. I'm like, OK, what's the cool question? Is there any Olympic question I should ask you that I haven't asked you? Because, I mean, it's so like it's the most watched sporting event in human existence. Not the Super Bowl, not the World Cup. You know, the Olympics, nothing connects humanity on the planet in any sporting event more than the Olympics. It's the most watched thing there is. And you got to do it. Anything that, you know, people might be curious about that people ask you a lot or anything like that.
1: Um, I think one of the things that we kind of forget about when we go there is even just participation, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and seeing people from so many different parts of the world. Um, I think that is really kind of like you're saying just how it ties people from all over the planet together. Um, and I got to see, you know, some runners from Kenya and who i had only really seen on TV running. And it was just like, just, you know, the, just their body type and seeing like, okay, well, For someone to be the best long distance runner, this is what they look like. Or for them to look at me probably and think like, wow, this is such a tall girl. Or (laughs) seeing the Brazilian um, women volleyball players. My gosh, you think I'm tall? Wow, those girls are even taller than me. But it was so neat to see all these different people from all these different nations. They're coming together, but also such different like body types and heights and what they need to be to be that the best at their sport. It was just a really like I was like, oh, I am at like the, you know, athletic UN.
0: That's amazing. Wow. So it was well,
1: I, I wish we could do like a big kickball game at the end of like just everybody and just like <laughs> frisbee teams. or something. Yeah. <laughs> See
0: what happens. Yeah, because what, you know, to run a, a marathon in under Two hours that takes a certain, you know, like yeah, every, a frame, like, a certain like, yeah, frame, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah just, just I, are you
1: saying it's not gonna be us? Yeah, I, I, no, it's not gonna
0: be, us. it would never be me. Um, so but yeah, that's and and then you know, we're we're here in the brand new Marian Anderson Hall, and Woo-hoo! that's that's the Olympic Village right behind us. Oh, know?
1: really? This is where it's gonna be, yeah. So UCLA
0: <gasps> undergrad, yeah, we're looking out the window now, but we're so when Los Angeles hosts the third Olympics 2028. UCLA is going to be the Athlete Village.
1: And this was also the Athlete Village in 1984. And mm-hmm. I know that because it was in my admissions essay.
0: <laughs> Which I forgot. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's read
1: that a, it, was, it was in my admissions essay. Oh, that that's funny. A, no, I forgot. So okay. I was like, why do you want to go to UCLA? And I was like, oh, I want to come here because of the, like, Rich heritage of sport, uh, and because I, I want to, I wrote about how I wanted to um, go into sports afterwards and work in the sports business, and I was like, ah, the
0: Well, and the it sport. worked. She earned yeah, right? her C. And okay, so okay, so two things off that you know, there's a, I I work out at the Wooden Center over here, mm-hmm. and they got the you know, all the wooden quotes on all the walls. John Wooden, our our famous UCLA coach, John Wooden, and I love the one: um, talent may get you to the top. But it takes character to keep you there, and and so I think even as you reflect on 2008 mm-hmm. to 2012, I got to touch this one too. Yeah, I touched two Olympic medals. It's Five dollars. Five dollars. <laughs> <Quite laughs> I'll running. write a check. I'll okay. write a check yeah. afterwards. Uh, I'll, I'll, maybe I can. Maybe it's a business expense. I don't yeah. know. But you know, so like really, the you know, the, there is the you know, aim and and accomplish it once, you know, your talent and your teamwork and Coach Tom, and then to do it again. So mm-hmm. just that. Um, and then let's transition. So, so somewhere after all of this mm-hmm. amazing chapter of your life, then there's that. Okay, I've won gold. I've won gold twice. Now what? Or when? Yeah. When? When? And how did an MBA start to enter your equation? This is not criminology. This yeah. is you know your your training was all in San Diego
1: um, for the it was Olympics between San Diego and Princeton, New Jersey. Oh, okay, both. Yeah, so both locations, so, and we so, would always just travel with the team
0: okay so but you weren't in west i mean you weren't in los angeles really
1: um no i was not no
0: okay so so kind of tell us you know when did you start thinking about an mba why why ucla what was that journey for you
1: um i actually always wanted to go back to business school okay so i just i felt like i always wanted to go back to school i loved being in a classroom setting which is weird to some people but. It's, it's <laughs> not people who come to UCLA. You know, but but you, we like smart people here. But <laughs> you know, some people do, were like, oh, you want to go back to school? And I was like, yeah, like, I want to just do a deep dive into maybe things that I didn't get to study in college. Mm-hmm. That was um, one part of it. The other part was I realized, so I gained a lot of soft skills with this. You know, mm-hmm. I learned how to work with all sorts of people and leadership and teamwork Um, But I just felt like I was missing some of of those early years, kind of formative years of a career.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, because the opportunity cost you. Right. It's different. You spent time doing other things.
1: Um, And so I wanted to have a stronger quant base, for example. Um, And also I just wanted to even be around or be surrounded by people from all different industries. Mm -hmm. Um, And in rowing, actually we're a little bit different. A lot of uh, rowers come from Ivy League schools. They're very A-type um, and they go on, a lot of them go into finance um, or coaching, you know, but, but they're very driven individuals and everyone has a college degree. Um, but also I just, I wanted to surround myself with people who were coming from, you know, the tech industry, entertainment, or you know, aerospace. Um, I, I just wanted to hear different voices. Nice, honestly. Nice.
0: Well, and yeah, I mean, then all of a sudden it starts to make sense. So, mm-hmm. and and at the time you applied to FEMBA, you were in San Diego, mm-hmm. okay, and you did FEMBA from San Diego the whole yep. two years. Yep. What schedule did you choose originally? I forgot.
1: So for my core, um, I did the FEMBA Flex.
0: Okay, the hybrid. Okay.
1: Yep, I did the hybrid and you know, it's funny at first, um, I think I was maybe talking to you about like, actually, I want to do flex, but could I do like some of the other classes? I really, I kind of want to not do fl- And I remember you said to me, listen, this is the core and just stick with this. And then afterwards you can, when you do the electives, you can ch- have a different schedule. And you know, hindsight, I was just so glad that the way the structure is the way it is because I got to get so close to those classmates, mm-hmm. which I, you know, when I looked at kind of some other programs where they don't really make you go through a kind of like core group mm-hmm. grouping, um, it's a little more scattered and you don't develop those relationships. Yeah. Um, and so I was really happy that you know I was like oh okay yeah okay I get it now why why mm-hmm. this is the structure, um, <clears throat> and then uh, so I stuck with Flex for some of my um, electives and then I also uh, decided you know what this drive isn't that bad I I will come up every Thursday and I took um, class from four to seven and then seven to ten so. Oh, I nice. took some full-time classes and then the evening classes. Oh and it, it was great. It was just, again, just mixing with people from, again, different industries and then also the full-timers. So I just felt like I was able to just surround myself with a lot of, you know, people from different, again, like different industries, but also like different kind of goals.
0: Nice. Yeah, because I'm sure the coaching, you know, what we suggest to people is, you know, try to pick a schedule that you can live with for a year mm-hmm. because you do, you know, it's just repetition. You know, I see this group of 65 people fall, winter, spring and fall of my first year. And we're, we're not going to be as tight as Olympic gold medalists in a, in a rowing situation, but there's an affinity that comes with, with repetition. Yeah. And, and just, I saw you in the class where you shined. I saw you in the class where you struggled. You were my tutor in one class. Yeah. I got to, I got to have something yeah. to share to you in the other. So that, and then and then the electives, then you're going to build a second network, which is made out of mm-hmm. people with, you know, we're, we're all in finance electives mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. accounting or entertainment or whatever. That would have been probably where I was coming from. So you can move around, but if you can have that continuity, we, we find it that was, it does give you a good... It
1: was really helpful. Yeah, good. I, I yeah. enjoyed it.
0: That's great. Um, now this is, I, I'm going to plant this in here because when we were kind of getting ready to have the conversation, you said... You know, you talked about juggling and, and you know, what it was like to, to to balance, you know, and you said that FEMBA, I'm, I'm, she actually said this, but you said FEMBA was a little bit like the Olympics, you know, <laughs> that that the Olympics had trained you to, you know, keep a focus, but also maintain a lot of things in parallel. What's it like being an or What was your experience like being an employed person, full-time grad student all at the same time?
1: Oh, I think it was actually... A very helpful on two fronts. One was uh, applying the things I was learning mm. in school and in the classroom to the workplace the next day. Yeah. Um. And then the other thing that I thought was very helpful was, again, this this concept of juggling, which I like having that kind of, again, it, it just adds structure. Um. But then now when I'm working at a biotech and also starting my own venture here with the coach francia llc i feel like it's very manageable and something that you know i i can do Mm -hmm. um and that's where i related it to the olympics of like hey you know i went through this tough tough things of ups and downs and nervousness or whatever you know and performing on the highest level but like okay hey i did that and Mm -hmm. and i know i can do more and so you know, going into the FEMBA program was like the same thing. I'm like, OK, you know, I'm working and I have school and I'm like, OK, I, I can get I can get through these things and, and try and get the most out of each one. Like, I, I know I'm capable of it.
0: Well, I want him to hear about biotech and I want them to hear about Coach Francia, but you got to wait a little bit because I also want him to hear. So uh, we talked about peaks and valleys and, mm-hmm. and you know, you wanted to tell them a little bit about, you um, the global access program. So mm-hmm. our master's thesis, tell a little bit. You had a company from Australia,
1: if I remember? Yep, I had um company from Australia, 776 BC, which 776 I
0: 776 was... BC, what does that mean?
1: Do you know what that year represents?
0: 776 BC. Oh, I was a history
1: here's a Here's a hint. <laughs> oh, is, Should that, I wink is more? that when the Olympics began? You can't began? see, but I'm winking. <laughs> it is the first year of the oh, Olympics. Oh, Greece. Very okay. good. And they actually made, very coincidentally, Um, rowing attire and yeah and different sports attire and so we ended up choosing them and they chose us Um, and it was just a really crazy and fun experience and going over there and learning about you know what apparel is like you know the apparel industry and um, the funny thing was I was the presenter for our gap group and the day of the presentation, let me just give everyone a little hint. Make sure you put on the clothes that you will be wearing before you show up. Because I showed up and I brought a suit that I had made, gotten tailored in China during the Beijing Olympics. No oh my, joke. <laughs> I wow. had made at the Beijing Olympics. While we're and here. And I was like, yes. You had time to get a suit made while you were at the Olympics? I know. So I was like, yes, I get to wear my really <laughs> awesome business suit. I didn't realize that over the years, the seam on the crotch had come undone. Oh my Like it had just kind of split, you know, whatever. It was Well, in Custom handmade, clothes whatever. sometimes are a little more delicate. So then i go to try it on and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I am I was at where, you know, where we do the presentations. Yeah. So then I'm like, guys, I had shorts on there. Like, what are you, what are you wearing? And I was like, we need to find a stapler or something. <laughs> So we're running around from room to room. There, they thought I was gonna be just practicing the last couple lines of the presentation. This is a six-month master's I know, capstone. God, it all comes down to this one 10-minute presentation <laughs> to three real investors. And I'm looking for a stapler, and I ended up they found a stapler. Thank thank goodness. And we're like stapling around and then I put it on and I'm like, I don't even care how this feels. I'm just gonna play it off. This is great. Game game face, nothing wrong here. And um, I did get an A, thank you very much. You got an A, all right, all right. (laughs) 776
0: BC was a pleased global access program company. Okay, wow. Oh, that's, yeah. You know, in public presentation, right? Inspect, don't expect, yeah. right, and be prepared. For, be prepared for anything, and mm-hmm. you know. And, and I think the confidence of the NBA, like I can walk into that. I mean, you walked in here with more. You're a unicorn. You had more than the normal amount of confidence, but, but confidence in athletics at that stage doesn't automatically translate to confidence in business.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and all this is like once you've done it, you've done yeah. it. But before you've done it, oh my.
1: Yeah. So that was a good one. Um, But it did teach me a lot about preparation. And that was something that we learned, did a lot in, you know, in sports. Um, And it was something that I felt I did a lot throughout the program. But it's also a little bit of attention to detail, <laughs> like close, right? But right. again, it's preparation. Are you, you know, how are, are you prepared? Yeah, make, make
0: sure your your laptop is charged. <laughs> make sure you have the file online yeah. in, in in a thumb drive, all those things. So another class, another peek from the academic experience here was you did one of what we have our global immersions, but you did a really unique one. You mm-hmm. went to...
1: Uh, so we went to Thailand and Myanmar,
0: and we'd never been before your trip. Yeah, right? that was the the break the first the first time we'd ever gone to Myanmar.
1: Yeah, and it was uh, just a really amazing experience. And even hearing how the political landscape can affect um, the business in in a region, and even what your political alliances. I mean, okay, it's a little bit similar in the U.S., but but there's laws here right that kind of regulate and I know what if people say well in the current events yeah. but but still so compared they, to the rest of the world compared we're to Myanmar well. you know it was just so interesting to hear when we were there you know it was it was cool to learn about it in the classroom here at UCLA um, but when we got there just giving hearing these honest um, opinions from you know, some academics, we listened to some professors, but also a lot of entrepreneurs and people in different industries there. Like, wow, it was, it was just a very eye-opening uh, of just how, you know, our, that, that global aspect really does affect, you know, what someone's doing on the kind of more micro level of their own business.
0: Yeah. Dean Olian always, you know, she was never a fan of Australian London. You know, she wanted not that she didn't love Australian London, but in terms of de- and she's Australian herself originally, but in terms of destination she wanted mm-hmm. us to go to non-English speaking mm-hmm. emerging market way outside of the comfort zone and and physically be there, physically mm-hmm. see it, physically experience it. So, yeah, that was yeah. Yeah. Really and cool. and
1: actually so I also got to go to India so speaking Oh, that's right you did too. Emerging right. markets, yeah. Um and that was a really incredible experience and I think those the global immersion programs are again help you get closer to your classmates that are coming from the executive program the full-time mm-hmm. mba the femba program so so that, that was actually very very fun too and and i still keep in touch with um those connections
0: well yeah yeah because it's like everybody has to take a week off of work yeah and, and you know Everybody's lives are so busy, but now we're all on a plane. Yeah. We're all going, we're, we're in all country. on
1: a bus in the middle of India going <laughs> is, from Delhi. You, you, know. you ride a lot of buses in you country.
0: Know. You really do. You
1: get, to, you get to know your classmates.
0: Yeah. And nobody wants to sleep because the time is so precious. <laughs> like I'll sleep next week. So, you know, they're long days, but you know, it's company visits and executives mm-hmm. and government officials during the day. And then the evenings are full of cultural experience. You know, it's, it's a. Yeah, it's one of those things. My, my grandfather always said you want to get to know someone either break bread with them or travel with them. Yeah. And you get to do both.
1: I would keep doing those classes.
0: Oh, they're now. popular. No. Yeah, we have an entire it's it started in FEMBA and EMBA. And now we have uh, Lucy Allard and her mm-hmm. team. It's it's actually a center of excellence here that we've um, we've invested in for the long yeah. haul. So. All right. So here we are now. So it's a year and a half after graduation. Mm-hmm. Um, you're with TriLink Biotech, your mm-hmm. business development manager, You're you know, working on the coronavirus vaccine um, and you have Coach Francia LLC where mm-hmm. you're doing team building. So tell us about mm-hmm. your your corporate side, your entrepreneurial side.
1: Yep. Um, so while I was at FEMBA, I was working at uh, also in the bio space, uh, working with a company that does clinical trials. And uh, recent at the end of the last year, I realized I wanted to kind of go and stay in bio, but i uh, started applying to jobs and um i ended up at TriLink. but you know even the job process having that mba was so helpful and i was telling dylan earlier that um a lot of times where they asked for very specific experience um that i didn't have just having that ucla mba next to my name uh they're, oh, well, that's fantastic. Oh, yeah, don't worry about that five, we can... or, five or seven years experience. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes up for it. Nice. And I'm thinking about all the fun I had on those global immersion trips. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that makes up for the experience in the lab. Okay. Um, <laughs> but no, you I'm you're not, not... going to argue you away from that point of view. I, I see it the way you see yes, it Yes, exactly. Um, but again, I think it goes back to that ability to, you know, focus in on an academic subject and balance everything that's, that's going along with it, the, the job. And so I think that that's where those employers see that value, mm-hmm. um, not just exactly, you know, what we're learning in the classroom. Um, and then I was really excited to start with Trialing. So they actually do a lot of the manufacturing for these um, vaccines and also for gene therapies. So it's very exciting to be on on the cutting edge. Um, And uh, with Coach Francia, LLC, I was excited because, you know, I took some entrepreneurship classes here. Excellent. And I actually, I don't remember the professor's name. I apologize. But every single, I was one of those Thursday classes. And every single day we would walk into the classroom, we'd sit down and he would say, and this really stuck with me. If you have the music in you, don't let the music die. Ooh. And it And we would just start the the class every damn week. He would start with that saying and I'd be like, oh, okay, oh, okay, all right. I'm gonna write it down. And it just it's something that has really just stuck with me. Um, and I really enjoy working with people and kind of helping them figure out how to be a better teammate Mm -hmm. and also have better leadership skills. And so, um, that's kind of like my, my side hobby. Um, but my mom, also, kind of going back to her, she is in the bio space, like I said, and she wants to start her own company. And so now I'm like the professor, and I tell her and I email her all the time, like, "Don't let the music die." He t- he said it to me, you know. Oh, how cool! Um, yeah, it's, your
0: mom who's a PhD, yeah. you're paying forward your MBA <laughs> lesson to support her yeah. taking that crazy break step. Like, yeah.
1: Motivate her and and just remembering what um, all the things that I learned in my uh, entrepreneurial. Courses, so yeah, that was that's been kind of cool to have that kind of influence that you know from the UCLA I had. Now I can kind of try and try and do that in the in the real world now of starting a business, but also being in um, the industry and and you know keep going with my career.
0: And you're one of the things you're doing with uh, Coach Francia LLC is team building exercises in boats. Yep. What in the world is that? that
1: like? you have- that's going to be the next time you guys do your leadership week
0: okay we're all going to
1: instead of going up on top of that log where you ropes know course. what and the ropes course i was i was like shaking so hard that damn log was just moving all over the place but um <laughs> but it was actually that was pretty fun um and it was actually, it was fun to see also how our teammates would react. And I know I'm more aware of it just because of this and um, kind of working with team building exercises. But I think next time we should bring everyone out in the boat. Wow. Yeah. And you know, I think it was in one of my, one of my courses we were reading. Um, oh, I'll have to look up the professor later, but um, we learned about how if you do an some kind of exercise or something with others that you feel you perceive that you're in danger or it's a little more risky that also in itself builds a bond no matter what it is no matter what yeah yeah mm-hmm. so that's why I tried to scare the hell out of everyone in the boats <laughs> you know bond, then, bond yeah, or, exactly. or drown exactly. bond or drown this is executive team building aren't you having
0: fun <laughs> And the risk assessment people are, we have all the C-suite <laughs> in a boat with an Olympian. That seems right, unless this goes... Why does
1: she keep shaking the boat?
0: <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, fantastic. Well, it's it's so great to to watch. I want to follow, you know, I'm not going to ask you the where do you want to be in five to ten years. We, we took that question out of, the, <laughs> out of the choice group. But I'm still going to be watching what you do in the next five to ten years. Um, my, my kind of wrap up question, unless there's anything I've forgotten, any shout outs yeah. to faculty or friends from school or anybody who needs a, an attaboy for help or at a person for helping getting you through the program.
1: Um, just one quick shout out. Congrats to uh, Amanda and Chris, Amanda Rothstein and Chris. I'm totally blanking on his last name, but they actually just got engaged and they were in my FEMBA class. Oh, yeah. And they were, in this, they were in the same uh, core group. Oh, how cool. Yeah. I love that. It's
0: not a dating service, No, it works. <laughs> it works for some people. <laughs> oh, that's I love that. Yeah, yeah, I love the humanity. You know, everybody's here. Yay, we're going to, you know, be CEO yeah. of our own and life. Also,
1: I don't remember Mary Devin and She also, um, mm. yeah, she is also uh, one of our classmates. And, you know, it's kind of great whenever I come into L.A. They're like, oh, come stay with me. So I've been you know, hanging out with her and seeing as many people as I can.
0: Awesome. That's, yeah. 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 You know, I love Professor Foster from the Global Access Program says, for the rest of our business career, we always are asking three questions over and over. Who are you? Where are you going? Can I trust you? Mm -hmm. Right? Business is forever this relatedness, this relationship. So, you know, you fill your LinkedIn with good people Mm -hmm. and you can leverage their expertise. You can call them for support. And that handshakes to hugs metaphor we use around here you know Mm -hmm. leadership foundations orientations a handshake and then commencement it's
1: actually you know what one last thing one last thing in the leadership week we also did it wasn't the team building but it was the following day where someone we had to do exercises with each other Mm -hmm. and one of the big ones was making eye contact and he brought up a really good point like oh when you are in the hallway and you know that person and that person knows you and you both know it and then you just look the other way Ooh. and he really this guy I remember he made us like stare at each other and then also just bring up like literally saying hi and it's so crazy at my current job um there are a lot of engineers very and and some very analytical people who you know sometimes aren't you know as crazy social as i am but it's really fun to see like my bond with them just grow Mm -hmm. and improve because of some of these skills that i learned here even though you know these are my soft skills just passing someone in the hallway and just being like oh i learned this and you know the leadership week look at them and acknowledge them smile say hi and what a difference it makes
0: oh i love it yeah mbwa management by walking around you know some of this stuff it's it's so high-minded on the one hand and it's Mm -hmm. so practical on the other and i think the dance of those two worlds like people like people that they see Mm -hmm. regularly and taking that half second well that's okay so that's the perfect segue to the last question that i like to ask and this i'm very curious what you might share having accomplished everything you've accomplished but i love asking people about you know what's a productivity hack because we it's this crazy time. We're so flipping busy. Mm-hmm. Everybody's busy. I don't even when people say how you doing, I don't even say I'm busy anymore. Cause I'm like, that's that that's a non answer. Mm-hmm. Everyone is busy. And in the face of all that, you know, there are things that help us produce at the level we're committed to producing. Mm-hmm. So you're you're in your new job, you're starting your new company. What what are some things that are working for you about making Susan's life really or your professional world really sing?
1: Um honestly preparation okay um and preparation as early on as, as possible everything from laying out your clothes I I lesson from from I, gap yes. <laughs> another lesson from school I know, right? <laughs> um but yeah, but seriously I lay out my clothes and have a plan for everything in my following day and mm-hmm. the next day um and I think it's so important and um uh, just kind of reflecting back on all of these things like the gap and also the Olympics going to that starting line or standing up for that presentation and knowing that I've done everything that I needed to do for this moment that gives me confidence and that gives me relief Mm. that I can I can perform at my highest level Mm. because it, it is really the most important thing we all know when we go into a presentation where we're like oh crap I'm not really prepared or your nerves are so high and there's so much tension. Um, and I think preparation is absolutely key to productivity. Boom. She said it. Can we drop this mic?
0: Drop, drop, <laughs> drop the podcast. <laughs> well, you know, the throw the UCLA against it. You know, failing to prepare is preparing to fail is a mm-hmm. coach wooden famous coach wooden line. And I've, I've, scene at the wooden awards where he would say, you know, they say, how did you, you know, how did you support your players during the game? He said, I don't talk to my players during the game. That's the if, same. Yep. if I did my job well, yep. we got it done in exactly. practice. They got to talk to each other. I'm not on the court. Those five people have to do the ballet of basketball, 10 hands score basket. Yep. So it was all about preparation. You know, his, his focus was writing out, uh, you know, they say he wrote his his." Basketball drills on three by five cards and and it would start on time, it would end on time, it was meticulous. And that's where he aimed. He aimed at preparation. The result was 10 national championships, but the access to that result was not flail about on the sideline at the game. It's too late then. Mm -hmm. They said he would roll up the the bulletin or the program and he'd pace the sidelines and he'd pick the other team's like strongest player and then he'd Engage in psychological warfare, you know, like the tall like guy. You know, yeah, I mean, he, our, yeah, our You know, he'd, he'd be the point guard. He'd be saying, talking about his dribble, or you know, the tall guy. He'd be saying, you know, you can't, yeah. whatever. You know, like, but his players were prepared, and, yeah. and his players and, and were that communicating. Gives
1: so much confidence to those players. Yeah, yeah, because like, they also know exactly what to expect.
0: Yeah, yeah. Coach trusts us, and he, he yeah. got us here. But now we got to, you know, you were in the boat, you were yeah. on your gap team. And you know your gap advisor was in the yeah. stands. Your coach Tom was on the sidelines. You know you all were the eight women in the boat. Who, yeah. What do I'm you sure. say when you start a, a race? What's what's is they fire a gun? What what makes it start?
1: <laughs> Likely. Do they Light. It's, it's a light. It's a light. A okay. light. Yeah. So, um, and a beep. A light um, and a beep. Yeah. So I mean, just when we kind of take off and yeah. start.
0: And then roll like hell. <laughs> and
1: roll like hell. <laughs> yeah. All right, she rode her horse up from San Diego. Sure,
0: did. Now it's time to ride into the dusk. You know we get great sunsets in our beautiful new Marian Anderson Hall. So, is there a horse parking here? yes oh, okay. <laughs> just kidding. I thought uh, Cynthia gave you a code for the for uh, the For the horses, yes, horse. hay and water, hay and water, Wh- whiskey for what is it? Beer. That's for my whiskey m- for us. Beer for my men and whiskey for my horses. I think that's oh. a country and western song. I think. Um, Sorry, my Texan is showing. All right, this is Susan Francia, class of 2018, UCLA Anderson alum, uh, incredible part of our, our village and our community. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for everything you did to represent America. Thanks for representing UCLA. Thanks for being a wonderful person, and thanks for being here.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. Go Bruins! And if you want to find me, I'm just look up Susan Francia on Instagram. I'm happy to answer any questions. And you know, Dylan, you can also throw my email on there. I'm really happy to answer any questions about UCLA or my Olympic experience. So
0: thank you. Yes, yeah, and you can find you. Coach Francia LLC for team building for your company. Yeah. You also do inspirational speaking. Throw That's a plug right. in for
1: that. That's right. Hey, if you are not inspired today, well. Don't ask for a refund, okay?
0: (laughs) Your subscription fee. You're not getting it back for this incredible Drive Time podcast. All right. Thank you all very much. Thanks.